Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. All right, let no one tell you that podcasting is easy, my friends, because every now and then after 30 uh, or so attempts, uh, you have a technical failure. Here we are live at the Podcast Lounge, produced by Suncast Media, brought to you as a sponsor by Radiant Reads. In partnership with Solar Energy Trade Shows, SIA and SIPA, we're so grateful for the opportunity to be here live on the trade show floor at Solar Power International 2019. I've only said that about 20 times in the last two days. I have the fun-filled pleasure of rounding out the day every day with my friends from Solar Coaster Radio in Hawaii, Josh Porter and Jason Verkart. Welcome to the show once again. Aloha. All right. And we're up in the game today, taking it to another level with this, the sultry tones of the ever-lovely and informed Lisa Ann Pinkerton from Technica Communications. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Nico. I told you guys it's a hard... This is, I'm telling you, the bar's raised. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> this is no John Weaver right here. <laughs> I've been reading John's, uh, John's uh, writings all day, actually. I'm like, super stoked to know that guy. <laughs> so we're sitting in the hydrogen and fuel cell uh, in- international, the, the ballroom. On the other side is Energy Storage International. I'm guessing you guys spent some time there today since we already laid the gauntlet that just after yesterday's PV hardware uh, roundup, today's is all focused on storage. And I understand that there's a lot to absorb. So Josh Porter, why don't you set the stage for us? <laughs> a lot to absorb. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of companies out there doing storage right now. I think some are, some are new to it. Some have a little background and some are really showcasing the potential of how this can be deployed in both residential and commercial settings. Uh, I'll give it a shot again. <laughs> in Japanese, we got a word called Zuke, yeah. and you can be anything Zuke. You might be podcast Zuke. Totally podcast Zuke. Which is <laughs> a word that says you've been, you've been in it so much that you're pickled in it. You're yeah, basically in a brine saturated. of this thing. We are storage Zuke today, <laughs> no doubt. Jay and I are still kind of like parsing out what's real yeah. and what's not in the storage world out there, right? Definitely <laughs> the truth. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we had uh, some time with, uh, with Ragu Balor of Enphase Energy. One of the most exciting conversations I've had in, um, you know, since last time I talked to him, actually. Brilliant guy. Uh, there's some really great kind of theoretical ideas of what Enphase is just about to come out with. Now, they didn't bring the ensemble product to the show, uh, I, I understand that's Q4, maybe Q1. Uh, Jay's going to talk a little bit about that, hopefully, get, get that out uh, in the, into the conversation. We did speak with SolarEdge, uh, Lior's handle, Lior Handelsman. Uh, had a really great conversation of products that are available right now. I was uh, pretty uh, tickled by that product line, and, and I think I left, left that saying, hmm, that pro- would be something I might install in my home, right? Because it had a lot of flexibility, and it really reached deep. Uh, you also had um, a Panasonic out there. You had Generac out there. You had uh, you know, a handful of other great companies, LG out there, uh, and they're all doing storage. And uh, so I would like to just talk a little bit about um, uh, SolarEdge because, it, first of all, it's a product that we know. We, we, we have it in the field. It's one of, I'd say, in, in our environment in Hawaii, it's probably something like 60% of market share of residential inverters. Uh, you know, and then when we look at Solar Edge, they're moving into a really cool space. They've got their HD Wave technology, which they're migrating to uh, shortly, and uh, they can do uh, storage with a seven six all the way up to eleven four. You can stack three of those together, right? So three eleven fours together for your home. And you can do two of the uh, batteries that they are now offering themselves with the Solar Edge name. So they've recently had the Kokum acquisition, a, a battery company out of Korea, I think, right? And uh, so you can do uh, something like, I think, two per inverter, uh, maybe, and um, a total of about six of those batteries. And we'll see if uh, I'm right on that. But 
I mean, really, that's that that kind of runs the gambit of what a residential system would need in terms of boundaries. Single really battery, single inverter, all the way up to massive amounts of whole home backup for a really, really large. Yeah, yeah. Mansion. And they have a gateway and it gives you whole home backup, uh, backup options. But they also have a series of other tech pieces of technology. They have their EV charger. They're, uh, they're interacting soon with a solar hot water system. So what, what, why is that relevant? Well, you got a system that, first of all, we know and love and we know it works, right? DC optimized uh, system that is DC coupled. That, that's the way the configuration is set up. But I mean, this system now is going to have the opportunity in a post-NEM environment where you're not simply able to backfeed to the grid when you're, you're in a self, uh, you know, self-supply functionality situation and you can take that energy, if your batteries are filled up and if you've already met all your loads, you could take that energy and move it over to your hot water heater or you could take that energy and move it over to your EV. And I think that kind of technology from a company that we know can deliver that mm-hmm. technology is probably one of the most exciting things in the world. So that's my pick for the show. If I'm putting in a solar system right now with storage, uh, I got to tell you, at this minute, I'm probably uh, considering SolarEdge. I like how you frame that because it's a company that we know is going to be around for a while. So we can depend on that. And they're thinking, how can we use this energy in all aspects of where we might totally. need energy? And so it's not just one size fits all. It's, it's, it's moving that energy where you need it, when you need it, when it makes the most sense. Very, very true. Very cool stuff. They also uh, brought out these uh, branded uh, smart uh, plugs. So they're actually looking at really fine grid edge control mm-hmm. and being able to uh, kind of move into that space of do we need to turn these things off and load shed a little bit around our home in certain circumstances. So pretty cool stuff. I just found kind of, it really- kind of leapfrogging the smart panel that we see a number of other companies talking about it literally is outlet level control as opposed to breaker level control, which is right. Is it meter level? Game. Is it is it you know panel level? Is it breaker level? Is it actually at the device level? So getting super granular. And you know the, the main thing though, the main thing for me, and when I'm having these conversations about storage, is that I I, I see uh, Solar Edge working all the time in our home environment. So I felt a sense of you know I could put this on my own home, feel good about that, and I I, I would feel confident that would work. I mean I remember when they came out the, to Hawaii five six seven years ago, and they were not even known in the market really. I'm not sure if that's short of an actual time frame, but and then they 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 just went after it and they just did they delivered and they were always a great company to work with. So I was really impressed by that. Super exciting! Should we go uh, to the uh, to the other side of the aisle here with the? Well, you want to go, okay, we're going to go into the future then because this is not a product that's actually available yet. We're talking about Enphase. So Solar Edge is the product that you choose today. Yep. Sounds like so Jason's the product, the, with- product, the product of tomorrow. We had that fantastic interview with uh, Raghu Balor, um, one of the co-founders of Enphase, um, on Monday, even, even pre-show. And we got taken through the entire ensemble product line, which is what they're, what they're calling it. Now, they have a couple different uh, pieces of that. There's the IQ8 microinverters. Now, microinverters, we're starting to see uh, resurface again. LG has their own new one. Uh, there's a couple others out there. AC modules, LG uh, putting out the, the Neon R Ace is what they're calling it. Fantastic module. Um, the Enphase IQ7s are available. And from what I understand, they're going to interact with the new Ensemble package. So if you buy Enphase microinverters or if you have Enphase microinverters in the last year when was the IQ7 released? Uh, last year or so. Last year or so. So if you, if you bought Iron Phase within the last year, you're actually pretty product safe, but you'll be able to get it. You need to get the battery and, and the rest of it. So you don't have to wait for the ensemble micros to, in order to get storage. You, you don't have get to wait the for the IQ ensemble battery and the intelligence module. These, these IQ7s are going to be able to interact with the IQ8s that are what they're calling grid forming, right? So 
that's the key term there. You have battery system, they're gonna have their in-charge battery system. That actually includes a number of IQ8 inverters, which are, they're gonna be their standard piece. And this is part of the, part of the neat part of the trick. Um, these are all IQ8s, whether it's in the battery, whether it's on the back of the yeah. panel, they're all the same. They're gonna reach massive scale, really, really inexpensive, really, really quickly because they're using the same component across the entire product line. So those, those are really neat. Um, so the battery will be grid forming once you buy that and it will actually talk to the IQ7s and then you'll be able to, to island completely. Uh, the, but the Ensemble series isn't just a grid forming isolationist thing. It is a full cloud enabled system where you're going to be able to enter the energy marketplace where you can buy and sell across, you can form virtual power plants, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And this is, this is where it gets really, really Amazing. That's what strikes me about what I'm starting to see in this space. It almost, and like, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I feel like we're starting to see two sets of markets arising with different companies serving those markets. You've got the virtual power plants and operating in those, um, those auctions, demand response, what have you. And then you have your off-grid companies who they know off-grid, they they're robust, they just want to stay there and keep serving that market. What do you think about that observation? Well, there certainly are, if I may, there certainly are the, uh, the outbacks of the world that have been traditionally kind of like off-grid uh, businesses. Or like Blue right? Planet Energy. And yeah, you know, this is a great point because we're good friends with a lot of people at Blue mm -hmm. Planet. And, you know, and, and there has been a discussion within Blue Planet of, of really kind of working for, towards off-grid. I, I don't know exactly what the company mantra is per se. They can certainly do grid interactive. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they, you know, the, I know when we came, they came to Maui, they did some installations in Maui. We hung out with them, spent some time, had Hank on the air, had the rest of the Kyle Bulger, all the yeah. great people in the air. Yeah. And you know, they, they, there was definitely a language of, hey, we do really well in the high-end the high resi off-grid space. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of our yeah. world, well, right? I mean, they're, they're an island company. They know, they know about island power. And so I, I see them targeting Puerto Rico, and mm -hmm. other places where yeah. robust off-grid power or you know, on-grid off-grid power is important. Yeah, backup's key for backup. them. And and we were just talking with Lori yesterday, and and apparently you know they've done a tremendous amount of work. They, in fact, they had a really great deal uh, they had put together with the Red Cross uh, in Puerto Rico, and mm -hmm. they did something like a hundred and something schools, mm -hmm. and it's a really massive project. Yeah. So. That kind of yeah. speaks to that. And, and, then, and it's yeah. not the most inexpensive solution either. I mean, they, they, well, they are... They Murata are, lithium iron phosphate. Yeah, it it's is. kind of the, yeah, you know, the, but they, but the filet mignon put, of storage. I mean. Sure. <laughs> but, they, but, they, but they put a tremendous amount of effort into their safety protocols. Right. And it's the first, first company that I know of to get cell level mm -hmm. safety approved. They don't actually don't have to go through module level certification because the cells are already safe. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, there. No, there. Uh, to your point, there are definitely companies that have that are interpreting this storage challenge differently. You know, yeah. and they are going to be serving slightly different markets. Um, I do think that Enphase could be on to something very special with this idea of buyers and sellers. You know, like a, a solar panel is a seller. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, an appliance is a buyer, and they have this marketplace and this machine learning going on. But it's and then they're 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 forming this whole thing. It's unbelievable what he's talking about. I mean, you, please t listen to the, watch the YouTube video that we yeah. put up with. Yeah, we, we, we've Ragu. already put it up. Go to the Solar Coaster YouTube to to watch that Amazing. one. Um, the machine learning aspect, I. It didn't even get to that yet. It, it's basically meant to learn your patterns. It comes pretty standard as um, as a normal grid goes out. You know, you have your, your absolutely necessary loads, but then it will learn your use patterns, mm -hmm. learn your lifestyle, so and exciting. will automatically instead of you having to go through a, 
an app, a programmer right. interface, whatever it happens to be. I don't even want to be. program Nobody my, wants anything. To. Nobody wants yeah, to. Yeah, microwave. It's keep it simple. <laughs> no. So this is always, it's going to take that all out of your hands, but it learns how you live and will have your appliances ready for you when you use them. The ultimate smart home. Well, one, what we've been one thing that, that, that Ragu and Martin and the guys at Enphase are doing differently, completely differently, is that their micros have the capability to provide backup power in the absence of any storage. I did say that. I did say that. Wow. So they're grid forming. And we, you know, we actually had a, a lot of uh, contentious conversations after that first time we brought that to air. So they're, they're, and, and Jason's going to talk about the, the ASIC chips and about what makes that possible. It, does, it sounds counterintuitive, right? Oh, absolutely. So these microinverters um, bring with you with them the, the typical microinverter um, bonuses. You know, you give, as a microinverter comes online, they typically come online a little, in a little less light conditions. They are they're individually starting to output power, and you get a much squarer kind of curve um, throughout the day. But the um, and these, these are the IQ8s you're talking about. Yep. They will be able to uh, negotiate amongst themselves and start that 60 hertz sine, 50 hertz if you're from other parts of the world, 60 hertz sine wave, and start outputting power onto a grid uh, without any additional hardware at all. So even if there's no storage out there, as soon as the sun comes up just enough to activate the microinverter, it will start outputting power. And, and that, could, that can enable you to have a trailer for example <laughs> right but you can that can island and that can and knock back feed to the grid in an outage scenario yep, and provide backup power in the absence of storage now i don't think I don't, that I don't that's going to backup power it's just power <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so this is why you know like this could be where the future goes for sure and i have a lot of confidence in in phase but yeah it's pretty amazing i like that you bring up the microgrids because we we i like to i like to look at startups that's sort of my gig and uh there's two companies out here just on this show floor that are taking that micro uh sorry Microinverter uh, concept to the battery, right? And putting the battery underneath the solar panel uh, and, and trying to rethink the battery format. Nice, not even an AC module, but a full power module. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Saying that it's going to be simpler to install, um, yada yada yada. I, whether or not all of that um, turns out to be true, I like that. There are companies out there that are attempting to rethink how we are going to use a battery and where we're going to put it because these batteries can be very big. They can take up a lot of livable space. They can, you know. People don't always like how they look. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no, there's a place there. There's a place there for that conversation. I find it fascinating. You know, I've thought about it in the past as well, and I've seen a couple of these companies kind of moving in that direction, right? Whether it's in the CNI space and using the batteries as a ballast Mm -hmm. in in place of something like concrete. Like Yoda. uh, Right, yeah. And or whether it's in the residential space and it looks like it kind of adheres to the racking or it's connected Mm -hmm. to the racking similar to a microinverter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are different kind of companies that are approaching that idea. Of course, it seems to be the lithium iron phosphates that are much more stable Mm -hmm. in, uh, you know, inclement weather and in higher heat conditions and things like that. Um, but it's a heck of a thing to put a, a, a battery on a roof. It's a really, it's, that's a big one. Yeah. Extremely hostile. Especially when, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned uh, the Murata lithium iron phosphate because Yada is another Murata licensee, right? Oh, there you go. So therein lies the question, like this sounds like an excellent technology. Why Murata lithium iron phosphate if you're going to put it up on the roof behind a solar panel where you're going to experience higher heat? Mm-hmm. Uh, why would they do that? Mm. Well, I mean, it just has very little chance of thermal runaway. And it has to do with the quality. Uh, we, we've been educated really by Hank, 
frankly. Mm-hmm. We've gone to his farm in Big Island. We sat down and watched all his videos, listened to his staff, and they told us all. They just, you know, just, just talked about the benefits of very, very high-quality lithium yep. iron phosphate. Yep. You know, and, but when, when I think about it, I'll tell you a little idea I have, and it's not proprietary, but I think that if you were to go for a panel-level uh, storage, right, mm-hmm. I would say that you would want to incorporate some thermal. Because you could run some thermal on the backside of that panel and yeah. you could extract the waste heat from not only the panel, but also the storage. So that's Josh's idea. Well, look, I mean, <laughs> it's one, two years ago, JLM was here. JLM tried this. It's not a new, it's not a new idea. Why, it, what technology is enabling behind the solar panel or under the solar panel storage, micro storage adaptation that JLM couldn't accomplish with, uh, with you know, millions of dollars raised? Well, I think when JLM was offering their product line, they were not doing the panel level. They, they started out, I think they called it, um, what was the name of it? It was called Phasers. Mm-hmm. That was Phasers, the name. that's right. And prior to that, they were spending a lot of time on Energizer. And, you know, that was a time period where I think that, uh, it's a different time period, talking four or five years ago, right? When that really kind of started to hit. Yeah. And you're looking at um, now this, the very early in the energy storage market. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, to, now to talk about, just storage in general at that point, it was a completely different world. Mm. You know, you had to look at issues of uh, what's the, is the utility ready to, to interact with uh, on-grid storage systems? You know, uh, is the county level ready to permit these things? Those types of things didn't exist. Now you get into the, this stage of the conversation and, you know, maybe we're at a place where we've, we've, we understand storage a little bit better where we could, we could not only have systems installed on our homes, but we could start talking about having them installed on our roofs as well. So that yeah. it, it could be just a matter of, you know, kind of that arc of acceptance of we're the also, technology. We're also working with different price points now than we were five, sure. even five years ago. Fair enough. Fair right. enough. I think software is also a big deal right now. It's because installers are still trying to grapple with how do they sell storage? How do they integrate it? How can, how can they ensure that it's going to pencil out? And so I've, I've talked to a lot of startups here who are offering software platforms for solar plus, for solar plus yeah. storage. And, and really helping installers to acquire these customers because they can provide um, a report that really shows this is what we can expect and this is very close to what is actual. Right, like, like a design system? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is important. I mean, guys like um, uh, Energy Toolbase, for example, recently acquired by Payson Power, mm-hmm. uh, they, you know, they were one of the first to come out and yeah. actually be able to model. Right. Yeah. And, and, and then, of course, you had, um, you, had, uh, you had Solar Nexus. Solar Nexus was doing some really exciting stuff in that area very early. Prior to that, I'll tell you what, we had spreadsheets that friends were sharing with each other from Australia to New hell. Jersey to Hawaii. I mean, it was like, <laughs> and we just had no idea on how to model that stuff. Right. So it is and they were reaching a mature point. Well, <laughs> they, were they were all wrong. So now we've got a few more years of data that we can leverage. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'll tell you a funny story real fast. The when one of those spreadsheets, I remember in like around 2015, we were trying to model these things to get ROI for on-grid storage. And you would literally have to data crunch for hours inside of the spreadsheet. Oh my gosh. For hours. What 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 else are we I, I, You have to love storage to do that. Yeah. You you press play and then you go and drink some coffee or something. And <laughs> so that's an intense regression analysis right there. <laughs> Lisa, what else uh, struck your fancy walking around the trade show? Um, I mean, Prolin Energy, they're doing something interesting where they're, you know, they're, they're really able to source these uh, cells and um, offer them at commodity pricing, so cutting yeah. out the middleman. So I thought, well, that's an interesting take on things. Yeah, well, Prolin is led by a ridiculously well-capable team. I yeah. mean, Jeff, Jeff Brown and his team did the first uh, grid-scale storage integration in California. They were among the first to do... Um, 
these large scale utility interconnections in California. I mean, these guys know what's up with utility scale. Mm-hmm. And they're partnered with SunGrid out of, uh, out of Canada who really knows how to deploy these systems and have a lot of, a lot of experience under their belt. I, I think it's interesting that you brought Poe into the table. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a great find. Um, I see that you stopped by the Nicola Power booth as well. Yeah. What do you think of those guys? Um, I think they've got something good going on, like we were just talking about with other um, uh, software, software prop platforms. Yeah, Payson, Nicola Power, Energy Toolbase. They're all sort of jelly. They're all kind of working in the same um, yeah. arena. So not that I think we should or could choose favorites, but I wonder, do, do, do any of these technologies or companies that you see purely from a team perspective mm-hmm. show just un, outsized uh, promise? A great point, right? Like, who inside of that group mm-hmm. is there driving that forward? And um, not necessarily in the software space. That's hard to say. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about a related technology, and I did see some really. I've seen some really great people actually. Some of the coolest people, if fit directly into your question, have been in the uh, panel controls area, and that's directly related to storage. Because if you can, you know, have control over your panel and start to load shed, then you don't uh-huh. need to upsize these systems for backup, right? And there's all kinds of granularity and Sounds control like you might you can be get. getting luminous. Well, yeah, you know, Lumen's <laughs> one example of that of a, of, of a great uh, organization. And you know, uh, the you know Kevin O'Shea and uh, Val and and, and Alex, uh, Alex, you know, these are really cool people yeah. that uh, people that everyone's really looking at right now and saying, "Wow, this technology is super important." Yeah. And uh, that the, so the Lumen technology, I think, is that's a perfect example of, of an answer of, a, of that question of what types of teams are out there that might the teams themselves might have a competitive advantage. Yeah, I'll tell you. I, I mean. We did uh, an, an in-person interview with Alex and the team up in Charlottesville back in uh, March or April. And not only did I learn about uh, playing ping pong on a solar panel, which is one of the more complicated things I've had to accomplish this year, uh, but I learned <laughs> about the, the sheer uh, volume and, and uh, velocity with which they're doing product adaptation. They're already on uh, Gen 8 after wow. three years. Wow. The average generational gap between one generation and the next uh, generation of product is somewhere about 18 months. So do the math. 18 times eight is not three years. These guys are iterating beyond uh, uh, every generation before that generation is exhausted, right? Yeah. So I I love that you pulled up Lumen because when you look at a team, they have a team that is absolutely, uh, they're 100% focused on bringing the right product to market, not on eking out every dollar they've spent on this generation and trying to get deployments of this generation. I look at the work that they're doing and I think about uh, other, sh- there's another Charlottesville company that's escaping my mind. They were the, they're the interface that Nissan used to do, um, to, to, to sell power back from the car. Oh, right? wow. The first time ever. Bi-directional uh, right, interface. Bi-directional or, yeah. interface for, for vehicles. Um, what, what that company is doing for electric vehicles is what in many ways Lumen is doing for every storage company and every uh, residential homeowner in the world, right? Like you can put this thing on the electrical panel and it allows you to have ultimate whole home control. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mind, uh, yeah. it's a mind warp to think about what that, what implications there are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you start contemplating uh, micro and nano grids, when you start contemplating blockchain and, and transactive yeah, energy. Oh, he's in the blockchain. He's got to make it in at least once. Absolutely. No, it's a great point. It's a great point about the, the, the people that are making, that are bringing this tech forward, you know? And I, I, I got to tell you, I actually had the same kind of thought yesterday as I was leaving the show. I remember feeling like, wow, there are some great teams of people, so much so that I was like, oh, I'd like to be able to hang out with them more often. I'd like to be a part of the things they're creating. And you don't get that very often, right? Where you run around and you come to a group of people and you're like, man, 
this is just a good group of people. And the tech is not an isolation of the people. They're, they're, they're really kind of a symbiotic thing. It's like the tech is evolving because of the people and, you know, it's vice versa. So really, um, yeah, there's some special organizations out there. And I think that's one of them. You know, I did see, I got to tell you, along the, the, the ping pong uh, table conversation, I saw a picture that I think Lumen posted of one of the, the that new company, uh, Span, who we interviewed today, playing ping pong together on the table. So these mm, are two companies that are going after a yeah. similar thing, but they the like-minded people that are coming together and saying, ah, oh, we're doing you know really cool things. Yeah, they get, they've got way too much to talk about. No right? one else here will understand it. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> they need to talk to each other. It's good. I might not understand Did, it. There are some other people that can understand you it. Know, one of the things that I think is a really cool um, uh, adaptation in the market that is really smart. And I'm, uh, I love that you brought Yada to the table. Speaking of teams working together, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but Yada has a, uh, a distribution deal or sort of a partnership with Panel Claw. Yeah. Right. That is just yeah. genius, well, the, right? The battery and serves as perfect, ballast. Exactly. They're using the batteries as a ballast, right? Yeah. And it's, it, I know they've got, the, um, they've got their ballast on display over at the mm-hmm. Panel Claw booth. And it's a, I think it's a great integration and symbio, symbiotic relationship where you've got a world-class like market category leading by miles, mm-hmm. a company like Panel Claw, giving an endorsement to an, a, a newcomer, right? A newcomer right. in the storage industry. They're going outside of their wheelhouse and finding technology that's going to give them a competitive advantage in the market. Yeah. And Yada smartly is creating a technology that is going to give a, a, an already established player an advantage. Right. This is a really yeah and, and yeah for sure those kinds of relationships are are are, are like really exciting when you see them right uh, but y- yada is that how we pronounce it yada yada yada, yada. like yoda, said yada yoda right so you but, say yoda I say yada <laughs> yada wada <laughs> call the whole thing off <laughs> I think it was like yoda like yoda what you know that's, it's that's like yoda what yeah, yeah it's yoda oh, yeah. right. So, but I think that, that that technology is really exciting because you have when you start thinking about CNI work and the the uh, and the roofs on like uh, let's say a hotel or something right. You're putting in a 500 kilowatt, a megawatt system. They have, if it's one kilowatt hour per panel, right? So if you put in like, let's say it's a, you know, a, I don't know, 500 panels, the actual, you don't, you could, you, a fraction of those would be necessary for your typical storage pairing for like a standard mm. interconnection agreement where you want to just basically mitigate your draw, mitigate your draw from the grid. So I could see it working. And then you're, you're and you're, of course, you're reducing the amount of concrete you got to bring up to the roof to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to put down. Oh, as, you still uh, got to bring those balance. batteries up though. So, so you're the batteries up. It's the same. You're still bringing weight up there. Yeah, right. dual use. Yeah, yeah. and then you, you know you have you're, you're, you don't have that need for the uh, battery location. I mean, well, you're putting that's in. What, that's yeah. what I was going to say is that there's no no batteries across the backside of this hotel or installation. Mm-hmm. And, and believe me, when you're doing those RFPs, that's a question: Where are we going to put these? And is right. it going to be a container somewhere How down? How much is going to be? How ugly is that container going to be? Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah I thought I I actually wanted to to see Yoda Yoda. <laughs> when, <laughs> when I came in today and I walking past, I was like, oh, I'm so glad they're right there. I got a chance to talk to him. Yeah. Well, it is exciting what everything that we see happening. I think, uh, I think and, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, Sonin. Oh, right. Yeah, you read my mind. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. We That's have a, right. We didn't talk about Sonin. They have a, a big, one. big deal right here in Salt Lake City. Yeah. We had the uh, party. Was, I wasn't uh, reading from the, from the show notes, was I? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we were only saving the kind of like big announcement for last, but there was a big party last night at uh, Soleil Lofts. I think yeah. it's pronounced. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if that's right. But you're talking about 600 units of... Uh, well, condos but their apartments actually uh due to be rented out about 12 megawatts of solar on roof uh they're using the ballasted tilt didn't see any um uh any yoda watt there of course but then they have uh, uh carports and those lofts themselves are areas where they put the solaria panels on so yeah. a lot of solar up there and then each individual unit has a, a sonan ecolinks system and mm. this is uh, i guess the first vpp 
that's being uh, deployed. Uh, Virtual power plant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, in really a pretty radical step. And a total coincidence, apparently. You know, we were there talking to the guys last night, and they're like, we didn't plan this. Right. We've been working on this for two years. Yeah, we and didn't know SPI just so was going to be here. in Salt Lake, <laughs> and you can drive over for 30 minutes. Amazing. I yeah. still know. I st- I'm still confused about the the where the uh, how all this is being paid for though because those are pretty big batteries in those yeah. units and the un- it's coming those batteries are coming with the cost of your rental. Yeah. How so does somebody, a pencil? What's paying, the business case for that? I, I did ask that question: yeah. is where where's the electric bill come from? They're paying a reduced rate for electricity, and they were not quite sure. They said it'll probably still come from the utility. Hmm. Oh, where would the bill come from? Where would the bill actually come from? So yeah. it's, it's, not a, it's not like a strict PPA system where you're paying a third party now for your electricity. Um, it's, it's not, we're it's not sure. It's fuzzy. Yeah, we're not well, sure. I mean, this they is, sure. this is a, a deal that started with, uh, with Rocky Mountain Power mm-hmm. and the developer, right? And his name is escaping me right now, but he, won, he was given an award last night. And uh, Sonen came in. And, and then, of course, uh, Jean-Baptiste and some of our friends from Sonen HQ, I believe, were part of that conversation from the, from the get right, with Rocky Mountain Power. And they said, that they, what they said was that the reason this worked was that you had a motivated and uh, you had a utility that was motivated in the right direction. They didn't have to wait for public policy or they didn't have to wait for a PUC to come in and, and encourage the utility to do it, but Rocky Mountain Power had the right attitude from the get. And so that's, that's what Jean-Baptiste yeah. said. Uh, he's the managing director of e-services over at um, Sonnen. So yeah. well, I'm, sure I'm sure they're treating this as a proof of concept and sort of building the airplane while it's in the air in terms of you know, how things are going to pencil out. So I, I'm going to ask a dumb question because I didn't go to the thing. When they say that it's a virtual power plant, in what capacity, in what way is it a virtual power plant? Yeah, For those so, who are unfamiliar with how this is all working and, out. And that word is, is, is it's kind of one of those words where it can, it can reference a lot of different things. And I think it's being used uh, kind of generally right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we didn't really get into the specifics of what the, uh, the deal between Rocky Mountain Power and Soleil Lofts is. Mm. But suffice it to say that uh, you have storage on a per-unit basis uh, there's the opportunity to be able to uh, possibly uh, mitigate the uh, draw of energy through that. Uh, you could also um, uh, provide backup power. Those those uh, capacities are there. Uh, too close, too far. <laughs> too far. <laughs> too far. Okay, so, um, but I think that w- when you talk about the relationship between Rocky Mountain Power and Soleil Lofts, they're probably talking about uh, being able to have control over those assets mm-hmm. right. and utilize them to uh, for various types of grid services. Now, what is yeah. that value stacking? What are those yeah. grid services? I, I'm not privy to that. But that that control, they do have control over those assets. That yeah, was something. Soren has mature software to do this type of thing. So they, they've they've done it before, multiple installations all across Europe. It's just this is the first instance of it actually happening yeah. within the continental United States. Right. I think they did say 12.6 megawatt hours of planned energy storage. So Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. 12.6 megawatt hours. I wonder if that's what they meant when they said 12. I thought Possible. they were talking about the PV and I was yeah, like, that's okay if it's 12 I don't think it's roofs. 12, but yeah, but, that's, <laughs> right, but then it's tremendous. So but it then it's like, a lot more storage yeah. than even the PV capacity. And that's interesting because is it truly a way for Rocky Mountain Power to store excess solar even from other parts of the grid? Oh, that could be interesting. Well, that would, if, they're, if they're Ecolink's 20s, then that would give you 12 megawatt hours because yeah. they're 600 plus 600 units. units. So there you go. That's the math. What I, what I do find fascinating is, or not fascinating, interesting, that um, uh, a lot of the articles I read around this announcement talked about, you know, people have blackouts, the grid goes down, these batteries can be used for that. But it, is it really going to island? Uh, I think people assume that their battery is going to be useful when the grid's down, and then when the grid does go down, their battery and solar don't work. They're confused as to why. 
Oh, there's a lot in this. There's a lot in this. So um, you have a variety of, uh, you have a, a list, a rank ordered list of things that these, these technology can accomplish, right. right? On the one hand, I think people are going to know, if you're a tenant and you're saying, hey, I want to live in this really cool place, but this is a nice apartment I ever saw, right? And so you get in there for a great value. Now you can say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm green conscious. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not emitting as many GHGs as I was when I was buying energy from you know, a, a, a coal powered kind of utility. So you have that one value proposition. You also have the ability to save money. They, they, they said that there was a commitment to save at minimum 10% off the conventional electric bill, right? Okay, so you're renting a house, you come in, you have your, your green conscious, and you're saving some money. Okay, we don't know how much that ultimately like really, Yeah, You're living in a one-room apartment. How much energy are you really going to use? Oh, jeez. I, I yeah. mean, I yeah, live in a three-bedroom apartment. But with, but with, but with the electric vehicle chargers out front, you start, oh, sure. pulling, you start yeah. pulling a decent amount of sure. power. And, that, and that's where I could absolutely see it. You have an EV. You live on this in this apartment building, which is absolutely covered with solar. And you're charging your car by that. Mm-hmm. Driving on sunshine. Yeah. I mean, the business case is, is kind of opaque. But... But but the but the value that is there to having storage, I mean, it's we know what it can do, right? And and how will that be rank ordered is kind of the question that I was getting to. It's like, will will it would, would backup power be a real priority? Well, you would think it would, but maybe there's other something For us, else. At I the think moment. it definitely is. I, I lose power at my house it's once a, or twice a month. Still. As soon as the power's out, it's a priority, right? Power quality too, uh-huh. though, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quality quality is a big deal. We saw that a lot. They to push that sine wave back into. Mm-hmm synchronous rhythm um, they need a significant amount of power to push it in, in any one direction and I love just how nerdy you guys can get on yeah. not, we haven't started yet I was thinking of you guys are awesome well it's a lot of there's a lot of exciting technology out there one of the things that surprises me frankly is how small relatively the footprint of energy storage international is this year given how much energy storage itself is just in the, it's in the limelight. It is the. It's. I mean, they're hitting the runway. They're hitting the front stretch. Absolutely. But you, what you want to see is what you want to take into account is that all the energy storage is actually being integrated with everybody else who's over there in the solar side right, of things. Right. So Panasonic, LG, Solar Edge, yeah. they've all got Sun Power. Oh, Sun, Sun Power has power. its. We haven't even talked uh, to them about yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so they they, all, have, they all have storage, but they they don't need a booth over here in storage because it's, really, it's all yeah, it's one really good, vendor. It's a really good point. Solar plus storage, and they're, and they're yeah. still a part, and they're, and they're very much a part of Energy Storage International. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think you know with the. With, with PG&E talking about how it's going to pull back power um, conservatively if they feel like their oh, fire might um, be sparked. Uh, and also TOU rates happening in California on the residential side. It's already on business side, but in no, residential, true. I think you're really going to start seeing energy storage uh, growing very quickly because mm. the business yep. model, no the ROI, and the pain points that your average person is going to be experiencing, especially when the power is going to be going out more and more, Energy storage is going to explode in the next couple of years. That's my prediction. She said it, not me. So here's the thing, right? I agree with you on the, the business case that there is going to be a big appetite for energy storage. If you're getting solar, why not get storage? There's going to be uh, a few reasons or motivations to make that decision, right? But the big, uh, from, you know, from the, having seen a handful of different types of technologies go in over the last few years it's, it, in Hawaii where it was kind of on the forefront, I would say it's the it's the companies that can produce the the, the simple interface, the simple installation mm-hmm. can create a value and and reduce costs that are really going to be able to help kind of scale things up. Because right now, you know, uh, 
up until very, very recently, it was super complex for an installer to put storage in and do it right. And I'm not talking about battery backup. That's a mm -hmm. different ballgame. Hey, you want a battery? Yeah, sure. Okay, great. There it is. You got your, your, your four gang outlet. You're good to go, right? But if you're talking about it working in a self-supply functionality and also serving as backup and, 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 and forbid, you know, even uh, grid services, now you get all these, and all these different or functionalities. TOU. There's all <laughs> kinds of stuff in here. This is very sophisticated stuff. And getting, you know, your average install, Joe installer, like Josh and his friends, to put it together is a tough thing. So it needs to be simple, elegant, and kind of well-conceived. So it's been a full day. We'll, we'll get to parting thoughts in a minute. Tomorrow is the third and final day of the Expo Hall, fourth day of Solar Power International. Is there anything on the docket for you? What's got you really excited about as you look forward to Thursday? Where are you going to be busy? How, where can people find you on the trade show floor? What are you really looking to extract out of the last day? Well, we get to talk sun power. I did say that. That's finally going to happen. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's really going to be a biggie. It's really the ones we missed in the last right. couple of days. No, we, <laughs> we left Thursday, for the majority, we left Thursday open. So yeah. we would be able to actually pick yeah. up the, the new and interesting stuff that we didn't necessarily know about beforehand. I'm looking forward to uh, digging into hydrogen power yes. a little bit more. Yes. yes. You know, last year, hydrogen companies were few and far between. This year, we've got a, a few more. And I think, you know, hydrogen's the next frontier. Energy storage is going to mature in the next couple of years. Hydrogen power is going to be coming up. And I really like that a couple of companies out here are talking about how do we take the excess solar that we're generating, especially here in California. Let's not sell it to, you know, pay Arizona to take it or burn it <laughs> off. Yeah. Like, let's make hydrogen power out of oh, it. Yes. And now so you have no mobile me. storage. It's like another me. <laughs> it's, it's Jay likes so talking about hydrogen. <laughs> Yeah, I have so been good. waiting for this sleeping giant to wake up. It has yeah. been a long yes. time. It's a big yes. one. It's a big one. Hydrogen, not to mention, you know, you have a wind, uh, wind in this, in this, in this show as well. Uh, Jay and I were just walking down the one of the corridors. We saw GE Renewables, right? Yep. Yep. And we thought, I wonder if we could go in there and talk about the Halliot X. You know, the twelve. Did they bring one massive, with them? <laughs> I uh, want to see the NASA the size of a building. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the really big wind. I mean, literally, we we just don't have any experience with wind at the yeah. end of the day. So that would be fun. Yeah. I'm just looking to get on the trade show, trade show floor. What was that? <laughs> what was the Japanese word? Zuke. Zuke. I want to be sh trade show Zuke tomorrow. I am, uh, I am podcast Zuke. <laughs> completely. And, uh, you know, one thing, you know, we're, it's so lovely to have Lisa Ann Pinkerton here. Yeah. And, uh, but they're, they're, you know, John and the PB Magazine team uh, finished their quality roundtable today. And they had um, their future PB roundtable. They are, you know, constantly bringing good content to, to the forefront. And, um, they are going to be here doing a studio takeover tomorrow. They're basically running the whole day at the podcast lounge. So I'm going to oh, get wow. a little bit of free time. I'm going to use that free time to go check out the show floor. And I'm, I've, I've secretly come, cheated. Come with us. Yeah, I've effectively <laughs> cheated the last three days, getting all of your advice on where I should go spend my time. So thank you for helping me curate my show. I'm, a, I'm so grateful for that. Any, um, you know, oh, also I want to mention, if you're still here at the show, if you're watching on the, uh, on the uh, live uh, the live feed and uh, you're around, you should go check out the tweet up, which is about 30 feet that way in the Vivint solar booth. I'm going to be going there next. And uh, as am I. Yeah. As, and be sure to follow us all on Twitter, Instagram. You can find our handles on, uh, on solar coaster.com on my suncast.com and technica communications.com. Yeah. Yeah. So we're all on the Twitter, uh, the Twitter uh, train, and you guys are kicking it on Instagram. Oh, we're having a good time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was I was asked. 
I think it's genius what you guys did to kickstart your Instagram in this show. I'm going to have to steal from your playbook. Seriously. I, yeah, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just, yeah. just figured we'd try it. Hey, but. look, that's how all this was, has come together. <laughs> Believe me, we didn't know what we were doing. Tyler, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> he's, like, he's like what Tyler's Tyler's not even sure what a tweet up is I'm, Tyler I'm just has playing been a professional like video producer it's been, it's been a lot of fun so tomorrow don't miss the PV Magazine uh, takeover of the podcast lounge they are the day sponsor and um, yeah I'm going to go have uh, some drinks any final thoughts on, uh, on wrapping up this Wednesday the third? Talking, talking back to storage which is what this is all about I don't think we can do this next year no. because solar storage Everything else, it's it's all becoming yeah. one big thing. We're we're at the energy show. We'll I mean, evolve. break it up. We're we at the energy show. We can't break it up. We'll have to evolve. We can't break it up. Yeah, we'll be forced to come up with new content. Okay. <laughs> Somehow, I don't feel like that'll be a problem for you, Nico. The lovely Lisa Ann Pinkerton of Technica Communications, Technica Communications, joins us here in uh, John Weaver's place. He'll be back tomorrow at the end of the day with Josh Porter and Jason Verkart of Solar Coaster. I am Nico Johnson from Suncast, and it has been my pleasure to have you all here in the podcast lounge wrapping the second day of the trade show in our roundup. We will be back tomorrow. Have a great evening. Be safe. If you're watching on the, on the webcam because you're already out somewhere else, uh, be safe. And uh, also, yeah, just as a reminder, if you're listening to this and, uh, and you're not here at SPI, you can watch live at podcastlounge.live and, uh, and tune in. We'll have all of this content uh, streaming all day tomorrow and then we're going to repackage it as uh, little snippets that we'll all send out into the the Twitter sphere and uh, the Facebook sphere and and everywhere else sphere you book and FaceTube we'll hit them all yeah the you books (laughs) you stream and live book All right, we're out have a good night